0: Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're slaves to beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. Jesus.
1: I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week, in honor of Father's Day, we're reading The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Or The Adventure? Is it one adventure? The Adventure of Huckleberry he Finn? Yes, several adventures.
0: The Amazing Adventures of Huckleberry and Finn by hey. Michael Chabon. Bond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, by... Mark Twain. And someone's starting with a beer. I'll start with a beer. This was a this was the winner of our Patreon poll for the month of June. So if you'd like to participate in future ones, go give us a couple bucks, you cheap bastard. It's like they knew we would have difficulty coming up with an entry line <laughs> for this one.
0: <laughs> they knew it. Okay, this beer is by Duclaw and it's called Sour Me. Blackberry and honeysuckle tea, because that's the most, most southern thing I've ever heard. Besides slavery. Second to slavery, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is sour, and it does taste like tea. <laughs> it has like a tartness, definitely, which I guess would be the blackberry. Yeah, and it really does kind of taste like iced tea. Is it, a, is it like a hard tea, or is it a beer? Uh, It's a sour (laughs) sour beer. No, no. It's a sour ale. All right. Cool. Ale with blackberry and honeysuckle white tea, because it's racist. (laughs) 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 I do declare this tea is my define.
1: Okay. So Huckleberry Finn is a famous book, often considered or proposed as the great American novel, which we'll get to that later. Uh, is is a sequel. And I guess this is one of the few examples where the sequel is su- uh, supersedes in, in popularity and in legacy and whatever, the original. His Huckleberry Finn is a character in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, which came out almost a decade earlier. And Tom uh, Sawyer is
0: in this book, too. Can you think of another one? Well,
1: Godfather Two is often considered better than Godfather One,
0: <laughs> But it's not more famous. It's just as famous, I would call it.
1: Or what about Terminator Two is way better than Terminator One? <laughs> Terminator Two is is better, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> I feel like we have
2: this. We've had this sequel discussion at least once or twice. I don't remember why. Maybe just everyone in the world has had it, and those are always the examples: is Terminator Two and Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh yeah, Empire Strikes Back. But again, like Star Wars is still a pretty goddamn big deal. Like, there's also like ninety-seven of them. But but so how
0: many people have seen Empire but have not seen A New Hope? Twelve. It's like not many. I mean, even if you say the second one is better, a lot of people have read Huck Finn and a much lower number of people have read Adventures of Tom Sawyer.
2: It could also be because Huck Finn is often put in school curriculums and Tom Sawyer never is.
0: That's why, yeah. That's that's
1: just way too much (laughs) N-word for one school (laughs) curriculum. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about that at some
0: point. Uh, So the book came out in 1885, which was...
1: Too Fast, Too Furious is better than (laughs) Fast and Furious.
0: (laughs) The book came out in 1885, which is exactly 20 years after the end of the Civil War, but takes place before the Civil War. uh, And one of the opening lines is, and this takes place 40 or 50 years ago, or was it 50 or 60? No, 40 or 50 years ago, so... Call it somewhere in the eighteen, you know, thirties or forties.
1: Ooh, wait, Silence of the Lambs is a sequel, way bigger than no one gives a shit about the first one. That's true.
0: You sure that one wasn't written first though?
1: No, I've read all those books. The First one was Red Dragon, and it was actually yeah. a a shitty, shitty movie first, with you know, totally different cast. Mind Was it Mind Hunter or Manhunter or something like that? Man, one of those. Something kind of hunter. Yeah, the hot
0: ass garbage.
1: Back to this book. Sorry,
2: guys. So it was this takes place in what the me. Southerners would call the good old days.
0: Which is actually, uh, so it starts in Missouri. I believe that's
2: pronounced Missouri.
0: Missouri. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Missouri. Now, Missouri is kind of interesting because it was a slave state that never joined the Confederacy. Because it is, I mean, it is kind of a border state for sure. During the Civil War years, Missouri was pretty much like a guerrilla war between forces pro slavery and anti-slavery. And it was actually really really brutal, but the war itself didn't really happen in Missouri. Or more so they like had
2: their own mini civil war within the Civil War.
0: Yes, but like a okay. guerrilla civil war. Uh, so anyway, this actually takes place before the Civil War. But the message, because, you know, it was written 20 years after, is definitely anti-slavery. So it starts off with uh, some stuff that happened in the previous book, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, which I think, I can't remember if I read or not. I mean, maybe when I was a lot younger. I don't know, maybe. But anyway, I um, so, either. and I, I don't really remember the context for this, but Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn have both... Like found somehow through some weird adventure, thousands of dollars, and they each have six thousand dollars, which is a vast fortune in you know eighteen forties Missouri. They just have like tons of money, but uh, but that has like to be eight slaves with that. <laughs> a lot more than eight. Hold uh, well, on, wasn't the slave eight hundred bucks? Isn't
1: that what they say Jim costs? He's a really good slave. Yeah, but he's he's a super expensive slave. He's like the Cadillac of slaves. It's like, this is primo slave. All right, so you can get like a couple of like it just reminds me of the uh Key and Peel slave auction skit. You can get like some of the really good ones and then like some of the the leftover ones. Or you could spend it on something else and it's your money. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you what to do.
0: <laughs> <is>. So uh <laughs> Huck Finn also. He does so. Okay, he's uh, his father. I don't know. Maybe something in his in the first book in in Tom Sawyer explains what happened to Huck's mom because she's just like never even mentioned. She's just like not there at all. Huck's father, which we will definitely talk about and is the reason why we're doing this episode, very much absent. And Huck Finn has been basically kind of like adopted by two older ladies who are trying to like teach him to be a good boy, but he doesn't... Civilize him. Yeah, yeah, civilize. (coughs) Civilize with an S. Uh, And they're just like... But he doesn't like it. He would rather, like, sleep in the woods and, like, play in the dirt and... I mean, he's, like, 13, 14 years old, I guess. I don't know. But he just does not want to do, like, that kind of stuff. He just doesn't like it. Right at the beginning of the book, Huck's father... Comes back because he's heard, you know, through the grapevine that Huck Finn has a lot of money. So clearly his father is just trying to get that money. Dad's got to get paid, son.
1: Because once he gets that money, we can use this beer anytime, but I'm just really thirsty. <laughs> it would be playtime. <laughs> <laughs> he also interrupts Huck's playtime as they try to learn how to, uh, what was the thing they were going to do? Where, We're going to ransom these people. Well, Huck and Tom start up a gang, but they're
2: only going to commit robbery and murder, but they never really do.
1: And ransom, but they don't know what that is. I think they think it means, like, kill someone. But they're like, we'll just hold these people for ransom. It's like, well, how do we know when we've ransomed them? When they're dead. Well, if they die, then we haven't, then they've probably been ransomed. (laughs) Which starts a theme throughout the book that they are incredibly dumb kids. Mostly Tom. Tom is ridiculous. Though he can read and he he like learns all this shit in pulp adventure novels of the time. Anyway, this book bu- beer is called Playtime. It's from Finback. Gonna see a few Finbacks today. It is an IPA brewed with Simcoe, Mosaic and Eldorado, and it's only four point eight percent, so it's a sessionable IPA. Anything is sessionable if you really believe in yourself. We have proved that many many weeks I'm now. Not sure we proved it. We we've tried on it <laughs> It is, at 4.8%, much lighter than what you expect from Finback. It's like half the strength of most of their IPAs. Uh, It's pretty good. It is lighter. It is hot as balls currently, so this is a great beer to have. And what's really fun is the can uh, has a crossword puzzle on it. And if you buy one of the, you know, you buy two of them, basically. The other one has all the questions, (laughs) and uh, you could do that, too. Hmm. But it's really hard to see because it's fucking a silver can with silver font on a white background, and my can is as sweaty as I am right now, so I can't really do any of these. But it was fun. It was fun to as an idea, cool gimmick. And uh, Tom and Huck have a lot of playtime,
0: and then Paul comes around. So and he has. A lot I just want to say time. one other thing first. first. Like Mark Twain, like he's. This is also satire. You know, it is, I want to, I felt to me like Mark Twain was not only making fun of the South throughout this in a lot of ways, but also I felt like in this first part where Tom Sawyer is like, they're having, they're forming a gang, but they don't actually like know what to do. He's like making fun of the stupid pulp novels of the day. Cause when Tom Sawyer says out loud, like, you know, well, someone asks, well, are we supposed to kill the women? And, and Tom Sawyer goes, no, of course not. We hold them here, and then they just fall in love with us. And <laughs> it's like, oh, when you say it out loud like that, that is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. But that was like what, you know, these stupid pulp stories were. That part reminded me of uh, Blazing Saddles
1: when the Slim Pickens is like, oh, we're going to pull a number nine on them. <laughs> like, what's the number nine? That's when we go whooping into town, riding into town, whooping in a hollering, killing everything inside. The women and the women too? No, we don't kill the women. We rape the shit out of them at the number nine dance later that night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good. Different. Good times. <laughs> but it's kind of like the same level of <laughs> charm. <laughs> uh I think the whole book, one of the well, criticisms I have of the book is that I didn't get it all. So, you know, as a typical dumb person, I'm mad at the thing I don't understand. (laughs) Which is probably a big, actually a big part of this book. (laughs) I think he's satirizing a ton of things of the experience of growing up in the South. Now, Mark Twain's from Missouri. That's where he was born, right? Hannibal, Missouri. And he makes fun of a lot of different things where we talked about, like, the religious practices of people in the South and how gullible the people are for certain types of things and of course the institution of slavery and racism and lynch mobs and all these things he comments on and i just felt like i needed to read like a heavily annotated version of the book because there are parts where like i don't know what he's making fun of here but i feel like there's a joke i'm just not getting
2: i read along with the book like an analysis of it because i figured like i wasn't like, i wasn't gonna get a lot of the symbolism because i don't i just don't usually so it did help immensely to be like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Oh, I get what he's making fun of here. That makes sense and all that shit. So it does absolutely help
0: to have a
2: guide down this river of satire.
0: Indeed. We should, at this point, okay, so one of these, like, older women that, have, that are trying to adopt Huck Finn, one of them has a slave named Jim.
1: What's his full name again?
0: No, that's his full name. James.
1: <laughs> that's his full
0: name. Uh,
1: no, he gets called something different quite often in the book, which is one of the.
0: Whew. How often would I you say would... that
2: he gets called that? Oh, I, I
1: was just going to connect to a beer.
2: Would you say he gets called that a million and one times? <laughs> <laughs> this is a million and one from Innerborough. <laughs> it's a raspberry gosa. And to be honest, I am not looking forward
1: to drinking this. Well, they did Gosa down the river, they so that also gosa, works too.
2: And they probably ate some
1: raspberries or some shit. I don't know. 6% I, I'm alcohol. Sure you, I'm sure here. you could find at least one part in dialect in the book where someone says, I Gosa there. So that also... Oh, Jimmy's face is unbelievable. It looks like you just drank brackish river water.
2: <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I don't like the rasp I don't like raspberries. If you do, this would be awesome because it tastes like a... Bunch of liquid raspberries.
0: I don't know. Sounds amazing.
2: Well, that you can get it all. (laughs) Yeah, I will drink it vicariously, or you you'll drink it vicariously through me.
0: It is good because it is hot out though, and I was pretty
2: thirsty. So it's honestly, it's kind of like having like a like a Kool Aid that you don't really like that flavor, but you'll still drink it anyway because it's not bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, it tastes a lot like raspberry. So, if that's your thing, props. To Interboro, it is not my thing, but I won't hold them at fault
1: for that. It's my own shortcoming. So, can I make a suggestion for this episode? The plot is really quite dumb, and it's just a lot of like a lot lot of little vignettes and just scenes that I kind of was confused and didn't always know how we got from one to the other. Uh, But they go down the river, and another thing happens. Yeah, and just like like, and then they land somewhere here. Yeah, I mean we we could burn through that fast, and I think we should. We could spend the bulk of our energies on um, why this book is important or famous and what is it saying.
0: Yeah. But first, let's talk about Pap.
1: Oh, yeah. For Father's Day. So when,
0: when we were like, okay. Is this what his last name we... sh- Smear. <laughs> <laughs> Was he in the Foo Fighters in Nirvana? <laughs> uh Okay, so when we were like, oh, we should do, what should be our next book poll? Well, okay, Father's Day is in June. Let's do Father's Day books. What are some famous fathers? And it was, the books were either Famously Good Fathers or Famously Bad Fathers. And it looks like Famously Bad Fathers won because he he's like, oh, you know what? I just realized I literally meant to buy a bottle of Delirium Tremens just for this, and I totally forgot. No, man. Yeah, that would have been
1: good. The father is a raging alcoholic. Though, in his defense, at one point he's able to buy like four gallons of whiskey for like a nickel. So it was
0: real cheap. Yeah, it was very easy
2: to be an alcoholic.
0: Grain alcohol was, and corn alcohol was just incredibly cheap at that time. Especially because that, you know, refrigeration hadn't been invented yet. And so one of the ways to preserve something, to preserve its value so it doesn't just rot and go bad, is to turn it into alcohol. It also, I think, condenses it. Like, that's why rum was so important, you know, in sort of a century earlier, because sugar is, like, fairly bulky. I mean, it's still a pretty high-value item, but if you boil it down into molasses, then it's much more condensed. And if you turn that molasses into rum... Then it's even more condensed. Uh, so that was, that was the purpose. Up. And so there's, uh, there was some uh, study. I can't exactly remember where I heard this, but just the fact that that the price of alcohol was so incredibly low. And then if you graph the price of alcohol versus the rate of alcoholism or like the consumption of alcohol, it goes way, way, way up. This is one of the things that led to the temperance movement. Which was we actually definitely <laughs> gaining steam around uh, 1885, when this book came out.
1: America's cruel, strange institution, prohibition, <laughs> <laughs> came out of this. The worst thing America ever
0: did. The peculiar anti-institution.
1: So Pap is the worst dad ever. Like we we had kind of already like we, we were looking at lists of best literary dads, and the best one's Atticus Finch, of course, and we've done. To Kill a Mockingbird, a while ago. So, Pap is the opposite of Atticus Finch in just about every way that you could think of. He can't read.
0: He's a horrible alcoholic. He calls Huck basically a little bitch for learning to read. He is a raving lunatic. So, uh, Huck tries to give his money away to... The judge, the judge. Or whatever whatever his name is. I hope
1: it's the judge from Blood Meridian. <laughs> it definitely is. He's lived forever. Why are you giving me this? This bunny represents the folly of man. When
0: Huck basically first realizes that his father is back, because he actually sees a boot print with an X in the heel made by two uh, nails, and he knows that's his father. Uh, so he knows that his father, so he immediately goes to the judge, who's kind of managing his $6,000, and goes, Judge, you can have it. Take it. I don't want any of it all. And he literally sells the judge his $6,000 for $1, and then it's like a legal agreement, you know, which, you know, absolutely makes no sense. But anyway, and then...
1: Well, that's the judge insists on doing that. Yeah, the,
0: I think the judge figures out what's
1: happening. And either, either he's like, "Here's my chance to get six thousand dollars," or let me help the kid, and I'll have a legally binding thing. It's like when a lawyer says, "Give me a dollar, now I'm your attorney, and everything we say is protected," kind of thing.
0: It's probably something like is that. Is that only?
1: I think that's a, is that only happening like movies? Like, do lawyers actually do that with like their buddies? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I know. got some good gossip. Paul oh, me. Give me a dollar, though. <laughs> <laughs> or is I that don't a know. It's about just gossip. Get, but... Bill their friends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make dozens of dollar.
1: Uh, That's kind of how podcasting works. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Pap, he was trying to get the money, and he's suing the judge in court to see, like, he's my son, his property is my property. And But meanwhile, he literally imprisons Huck in their, like, log cabin out in the woods. He, like, locks him in, 'Cause Huck won't give him the money. Literally all day, every day, all day, every day, all night, stuff like that. And then, you know, Huck's father leaves sometimes, presumably to get more to get more alcohol. Uh but also or like
1: a bag of bacon. <laughs> like the oh, gross yeah no shit that he eats. Just a bunch of old meat in a sack. Which is also what
0: Pap calls something else. No. <laughs> uh, and so Uh, When, like, the father is away for literally a whole day at a time or, you know, more than that, Huck figures out how to escape by, like, he finds, like, a rusty saw blade, and then he cuts his way out through the wall of the log cabin, and then when he gets out, he basically stages the scene. He, like, crawls out under the log, under the bottom log of the log cabin because he's able to cut a little hole in it. He stages the scene by the camp to make it look like he was murdered. Because there's like a pig and he like slits the pig's throat and puts the blood everywhere and then dumps it in the river. And basically, he makes it look like Huck makes it look like that he's been murdered. Then he gets in a canoe and goes out into the Missouri River. It's not the Mississippi yet, right? Is it the Mississippi? I'll trust you. I have no idea. No, I, I don't know. But anyway, the big, big ass river. I'm not a river that scholar. Definitely flows into the Mississippi. Uh, and he goes out to a big island called Jackson's Island, literally just to hide out. And when he's there, he finds Jim. What's Jim doing on this island? He was owned by Miss Watson. So Jim has run away because. He overheard Miss Watson, you know his owner, say that someone someone told her that he was worth eight hundred dollars, and that's just like so much money she couldn't. She he felt that she felt that she couldn't pass up that much money, and so she was going to sell him and sell him down the river, which was far away from his wife and children who are actually on a separate, different, you know, farm or plantation not owned by Miss Watson. And so Jim decided that he would just run away. I have a beer for this.
1: So Jim is on the run, and he doesn't want to get caught, because if he does, he might get some ultimate beats. And uh, Jimmy's Jimmy's not pleased with that. I knew it was going to happen, but... Um, and there's actually a lynch mob that thinks Jim killed Huck, so he will get the ultimate beats. Because, you know, someone died. It was probably the black guy. Well, it just so happens he ran away the same day that Huck staged his death. (laughs) And they're like, that's just science. It had to be the N-word. When our pure blood would not lead us to think wrong. (laughs) So this is ultimate beats from our now never going to be sponsor, Finbeck. Uh, and a collaboration with Jay Wakefield Brewing. It is a double IPA with coconut dry hopped with mosaic that
0: comes in at nine 9.1%. We've all had this, gentlemen. We've all had a lot of this. I have had a lot of this. I still have a little bit more that I didn't want to drink all at once, but
1: I probably will pretty soon. This might be my last or one of the very last cans. I brought bought a case of it, and I immediately regretted not buying 10 cases of this. <laughs> So fit, nice. one of Finbeck's most popular beers over the past couple of years is a beer called uh, Smooth Beats Miami that they make with Jay Wakefield, which is a regular dry that is only only 6% in change with coconut. And as Eric from Finbeck has told me, you know, he gets asked, or he told us, I think, on the podcast, he gets asked, like, once a week, people will come and say, hey, why are you guys making Ultimate uh, Smooth Beats again? And so this year they didn't make the. So last year, 2019, they made, like, five batches of it. They just kept producing it because it was selling out so qu- so quickly. This Capitalism. year, they didn't make that. Yes. We, I'll drink to that. And the, this year, they made a double IPA version of it, and it is fucking incredible, as Jimmy would say. Is it, it, is, is it also with Jay Wakefield, or are they doing it on their own? Still with Jay Wakefield, and it has just... I mean, it's just... It is exactly what your heart would want you to believe a coconut IPA tastes like. It is it is just amazing.
2: Yeah. I like, I have had quite a few of them and I'm not a huge
1: coconut fan, but that thing is fucking baller. It's a beautiful masterpiece. So it is. So terrible connection. I feel bad for making it. But I also just wanted to drink the beer and it's hot out and it's a great beer. It's also unfathomably drinkable for nine point one percent. Indeed like you you really could damage your body or so I'm told. <laughs> so there that's my contribution to the episode <laughs> so far. So, long story short, they end up on the run
2: together. Just trying to get north or kind Middle of south, south to Ohio. Not really understanding that part,
1: but actually to Illinois. Oh, right. Yeah, they're going to Cairo
0: to hang out with those guys from American Gods. Yeah, exactly, in in Cairo. Uh so, but just just to point out that, you know, the theme of the book is definitely slavery and whether slavery is right or wrong because you've got the situation where both Huck and Jim have run away from these like horrible circumstances. Yet one is totally illegal like and is it would be punishable, you know, by practically by death or, you know, Something just short of that. And whereas, you know, Huck is, like, kind of doing the right thing. And how are they, how can those both be true? You know, how can Huck be doing the right thing, but Jim the wrong thing? And then uh, periodically throughout the book, Huck is, like, coming back to, like, wondering, like, wait a minute, is, is this the right thing to do? Like, it, it feels the, like the right thing to do, but everything I've been taught, you know, says that I'm going to go to hell for helping a slave escape, and when Jim talks about coming back and saving his
2: wife and children, and Huck is like, "How could I do that? Like, how could he do that? He's gonna take. He's gonna hurt the person who owns them, who is a nice lady and has never been, you know, anything but nice to me.
1: And that's wrong." It's like, Miss Watson didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> why should I help her lose her slave? A lot
2: of the book is him kind of like trying to figure out what's right and wrong, and kind of evolving over the course of the book, where you kind of learn that. At first, Jim seems like just the worst stereotype of, like, a dumb, superstitious, ignorant slave. But he ends up being, you know, one of the few good characters in the book. And the only one who's not, one of the few who's not a full-blown
1: moron. But when we first meet him, he's consulting his, like, hairball from the stomach of a goat or something (laughs) to tell the future. (laughs) Like some, hey, I, some I like don't know. Papa Jango voodoo nonsense he's doing. I don't know that he's how they doing. were with the ways of science back in the old days, but, you know, it's pretty close. So I I had heard much about this book. This was the first time I read it. Really? And when that, yeah. We, we that read what, it I mean, in high school together
2: in I, the same class.
1: I didn't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> for sure. I was in
2: that class with you.
1: I tried to read this book for eighth grade for a book report, and I faked it and got away with it. And I clearly... Uh, I did not read a lick of it okay. in, in high school. And did you school. just
0: resubmit that same book report in high school? <laughs> well, this was that was
1: back in, as Nate, you could appreciate, back in the day when you hand-wrote work, you know, before the right, yes. before the typewriter was invented, like in your middle school days, uh, <laughs> cuneiform <laughs> tablet. But <laughs> On the Rosetta <laughs> Stone. <laughs> uh, I did not still have that book report from eighth grade, but I remember specifically writing the line in it Paul sneaks, uh, uh, Huck sneaks away while Pap is getting shattered somewhere, <laughs> and the teacher just ignored it. So clearly, she just collect because it was a summer book report. We were supposed to read it over the summer oh, and hand yeah. it at the start of eighth grade. Things those don't. Count. They just fuck, they collected it and put a check mark and gave it back to us. She did not read that because then I like by how, how
0: irresponsible.
1: I'm a fucking shitty teacher, and then uh, the whole. The whole rest of my book report was like, and then they continue going downriver and stuff happens, which is kind of actually true.
0: It's no, um, not wrong.
1: <laughs> I, I managed to not really reflect on the racism or themes of identity or belonging or whatever's in this book. I got out of it. Or the morality of slavery. No, no, none of that. I, just, I remember the line, Pa was getting shattered because I just learned that term from the Rolling Stones or something. I mean, you're right. Oh, so then they started. I got to the scene with Jim. So I only, I've i heard so much about the book, and it's like so racist and so terrible. And then I get to, like, we meet Jim, and I'm like, oh, fuck me. This is really bad. Yeah, he's it's like, over the top at first. Like, oh, but like, he's like, oh, I was a tell from this goat stomach lining, or whatever the fuck he's looking at. I'm like, this is it not was, it was a ball ball or I, something. I can't read 200 pages of this. Like, e-. thank God it, it went away fast. Like, as soon as, like, the moment he was. Not a slave anymore. Or at least he was free. He, he was able to use most of his brain, and not be a total buffoon. But it was it was uncomfortable that first passage with him. Well, one of the things
2: this book is famous for is uh,
1: Mark Twain writing out
2: the dialects of how people spoke then, and in these areas, and like still basically today in yeah, Alabama, it's still pretty close. Um, so for that. Do you think that he either consulted or had to create a style <laughs> guide?
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is, wow. This is, uh, maybe he did.
2: This is from Mass Landing and Thin Man. Is it foreign extra stout, like it showed. <laughs> uh, it is 7%
1: alcohol. Let's see what this is like. It's one of those foreign stouts coming here to take our stout's jobs. Butter's too lazy to work. It's amazing how they do it. They're so sneaky. It's, th- it's this is extra stout. It's thick.
2: This is thick. Really this is it's thick a, with three C's. Even at seven percent. I mean, you don't taste the. It's not a like booze thick. It's like it's a f- physically. It's got like a thickness to it, like a heavy fucking whatever this is. I don't know. I don't know what extra stout even means, but uh, that is good. a
1: style. But are you saying? Um, it's like syrupy,
0: mm, not syrupy. Isn't sweet, but syrupy. as in no. Viscous? I think it's it's it's, it's viscous, just like yeah. it's, it's not like viscosity, or
1: anything, but the vis- It is a slightly more uh, in the viscosity realm. Oh, the viscosity realm. I think it's a Michael Crichton book. Yes, it is. It's about a hyper intelligent oil that uh,
2: <laughs> begins to take over Canada. That red
1: Wikipedia, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and there's di- there's dinosaur. Uh, genes in the oil, because dinosaurs are oil, and they start to turn back into dinosaurs.
0: But it's from outer space.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. A meteor woke up the dinosaur genes in the oil, and (laughs) then uh, a bunch of scientists, none of which are ladies,
0: uh, (laughs) had to
2: (laughs) invent a (laughs) machine that is another meteor to wipe out (laughs) the dinosaurs again. But
1: they're
2: too viscous, so they just... It's kind of like T-1000. You know, They just kind of <laughs> fall apart and they reassemble. But eventually, they just boil them in uh, large ovens and factories because climate change is uh, not real in Michael Crichton's world. So he defeats, yeah. he defeats oil that dinosaurs that book, right. with the power of industry.
0: Trademark. Uh, all yeah. that stuff. I
2: see how he wrote books so often now. It's pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this is pretty good it has one. a slight uh multi kind of thing to it. It doesn't taste like chocolate very much like stouts can sometimes it's got a kind of
1: smokiness. The classic foreign extra stout is Guinness's is one with the yellow label. That you get in bottles. I haven't had that. That's like that's the famous this one. This does taste or a lot lion like Lion um,
2: stout. It tastes a lot like if Guinness was actually good. That's ooh, it's fighting words <laughs> in some areas. I know. I agree. I think Guinness blows. I don't like Guinness. I think it's so
1: I can have one and be like, okay, fine, but after that, it's like, why? Why am I doing this? It just tastes like a chocolate milk that has a fake ID. <laughs> like It <laughs> wants to
2: <laughs> pretend it's beer. <laughs>
1: yeah, this this is
2: this is uh,
0: yet somehow drove an entire nation to alcoholism. Well, that was also whiskey. Yeah, that helped.
1: If you had to only eat fucking potatoes, dude, you'd get drunk all the time too. Yeah, they don't even have like. Anything like salsa or something to make a potato more exciting. It's Who the just put salsa on potatoes. If you were eating like nine pounds of potatoes a day, you'd eventually experiment. Yeah, no, I certainly... With Mexican food? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anything, it's, anything. It's a weird choice. But just raw potato or boiled potato or baked potatoes.
0: I mean, there are a few things that. I mean, potatoes are amazing, and there are a few things that don't make potatoes even better. So, potatoes and salsa? Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, great. it's just its an odd
1: first choice. <laughs> I mean, I was going for more exotic can I mean, ketchup.
2: Well, I mean, salsa is probably mustard. about as exotic as uh, Irish food gets nowadays. Fried
0: potatoes and ketchup, pretty much the perfect food.
2: Ketchup is basically just white people's salsa.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's not even a joke. That's just <laughs> that's just, just
1: science. I'm not even mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <just laughs> impressed. Him.
2: So they uh, to they're book. on a journey together, and Huck is you know learning about the idiocy and foolishness of the people around him as they transgress through. It's not whether word, word transgress as they fuck through the South violently. And things just weird things happen to them at every stop.
1: So it's basically like three sections. There's the the part where they meet the families that are feuding because they have a blood feud, and they're just like we 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 are feuding them, and we kill some of theirs every year, and they kill some of ours. And he's like, they're in Kentucky, which is uh, which is the wrong direction. They somehow get turned around.
0: So, uh, they don't get turned around. They're flowing. They're going downriver. But the problem is, is that they pass Illinois, the free state, in the fog at night. And they go right by it. And now they're like, now they're just on the Mississippi. And it's all slave states all the way down. So, you know. There was so much fog, they
1: missed a state. Everything looks the same. Like, it's all just woods. Yeah. You know, there were no signs or anything. But... Illinois is south of Missouri somehow. I don't know. river I, I, I haven't done that. I, I, I I'll be honest. With you, it was only I was like twenty seven when I realized Missouri wasn't next to Texas. But Illinois seems way north. They're kind
0: of
2: they're they they're, they're,
0: they're like they share, and they share hundreds of miles of holy it's shit. Like, it's man. like northeast of it, smart.
2: but like the I guess they just skirt under it and end up in. I mean. Frankly, the worst take, place. Is Missouri one of
1: those states that touches, like, nine other states? Like it's, like, right, right in, in does the middle or of Tennessee everything. Does. Like, people think know. it's a southern state, but
2: it's really just the middle. It just acts like well, a southern state Well, that's why the, like,
1: uh, the
0: middle in uh, American Gods was somewhere around there, wasn't it? Yep. Like, if you really look at it, you know, basically the bottom two-thirds of Illinois and Missouri oh, share a border. And then the border with Kentucky is is only a a couple of miles.
1: (laughs) Dude, I I didn't even realize it was on top of Arkansas. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Like, in my very limited, I don't memorize what maps look like world, I just assume Missouri, like I assume a lot of people do, was just like part of the South. And it's not. I mean, culturally, perhaps it is. Culturally. Yeah. But... Geographically, not really.
0: Cairo, Illinois, is the bottom southern tip of Illinois, so it is literally oh, at the border between Illinois, Missouri, and Kentucky. God damn, that is
1: more you know, huh? There are two Dakotas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <What> the fuck,
2: <laughs> there are two, but they're both useless. <laughs> it, uh,
0: and I've heard there's more than one Carolina. I'm not really sure, but there one's might be. just slightly sweatier than the other.
1: Uh, i've been to the one of them it was nice couldn't can't really remember which one it was i think it was north north but it doesn't matter yeah i think both have an asheville but the asheville everyone likes is in north that makes sense man missouri you are just fucking with my mind (laughs) (laughs) i guess i need to just get that puzzle where it's the states and you have to fit it in apparently you'd never figure it out I just, maybe as a child, I ate the Missouri piece, <laughs> so I had, like, wiggle room, and that's what, I fucked everything up.
0: The thing is, Illinois is a free state, and Missouri was a slave state. So, really, when they said they had to get to Cairo, they really just had to get anywhere to the other side of the river.
2: They might not know any other right? cities. Right?
0: not but just if they're yeah, just a good on the other bank of the river aren't they isn't Jim free at that point like uh or at least he's a runaway slave maybe they at first maybe they're on a different river that's not the border river Yeah maybe well okay where's Hannibal Missouri let's look it up
1: And this is before the fugitive if it's the 1830s or 40s it's before that's where the they, fugitive slave that's act It's where they
0: eat people Okay <laughs> <laughs> It's like north <laughs> Look What the hell that's like that's hundreds of miles of river and they're they're just like, Oh, we have to get to Cairo. It's, it's like when you're ridiculous. on the highway and you have to
2: go a long way before you can turn around again <laughs> and get to the other side.
1: I, know. I am just shocked at how fucking north Missouri is still. But it was a, it was is, a slave state. You were so close, Missouri. You could have you could have not done that. We got it, it touches like it literally touches eight states, I think. It's a lot of states, yeah. I think uh, Kentucky also touches a shit ton. Oh no, Tennessee. One of them touches also like eight or nine. that's just bonkers. I just fucking blows my mind. I am not. I'm not good at geography. Clearly. All right. So yeah. What? Um. And it, it, clearly, the border between Missouri and Illinois is is a river. That is not. That is not a border that was drawn by a cartographer. You know, no. like the Kansas and Nebraska borders. Uh. You know, in Colorado. That's just the river. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably you know. Jim had a decent plan, but then he put a little too much trust in a barely literate, shoeless thirteen-year-old, who was basically homeless too. Like,
0: yeah, I guess one other one other event we should mention before we just talk about the rest is that uh, in the well, so when the rivers flooded, they actually find a whole house. That's either floating down the river or it, like, floated down and then got stuck. On, like, literally, an entire house got lifted up in the flood and is floating away. And so they literally, they go into the house and they find all these things that are very useful. And they find a dead body that's been shot in the back. And Jim says, Huck, don't come in here. Don't look at his face. And Huck is like, okay, ha, ha, ha. That fact <laughs> is going to be um, important
1: that might be later. important. When you find out that Jim was a necrophiliac. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at his face. I've done things to it. I purdied him up. And pooty soon, we have to get going. Pooty tang? He said pooty soon. Like, anytime he to pretty, like pretty, but pretty much or pretty, pretty good, it was always pooty. <laughs> and, uh, like, and the blowfish? <laughs> what, is, what, what accent do you have where,
0: like, oh, that's pooty tied that, that doesn't I only want to like. be with you. That's what he <laughs> said. So once, I want to say, once more characters enter the story, beyond when they when they basically get to uh, Kentucky, and everything in the story after that really just gets kind of dumb, and it was pretty annoying to read. Those are the bits of satire.
1: Each one of those is satirizing some part of Southern... The Southern experience, I thought. For sure. Like, like the blood feud the thing. The blood feud is the Hatfields and know the, what the feud's about
0: You know. Uh, and
1: of course it ends when one girl uh, elopes with a boy from the other family. And then they all kill each other. Yeah, they all die.
0: <laughs> Which uh, is also a Illiberty. little bit uh, Romeo and Juliet. But everyone oh, yeah. dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just murder each other. Instead of the two, the two young lovers killing each, killing themselves. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> they actually just murder each other. Well,
1: America does it a lot
0: better than those limeies. Yeah, this is much more book. of the American version. Uh, Everyone so just gets shot. The Grangerfords and the Shepherdsons. And then a really annoyingly long part of the book is when they meet the Duke and the King. The con men. Yeah, the two con men. And it just goes on and on. So first, the, the, clearly, these two guys are literally on the run and are like, they don't even know each other, they're like, quick, help us. because So they're about to get basically either lynched or tarred and fed or feathered by whatever town they happen to be in because people figured out their cons. These two guys, they jump on the raft and they're like, down the river, and then Basically, they're like, oh, let me introduce myself. The older guy who is like 70, he calls himself the king because he says he's the lost Dauphin of France, which means like the son of Louis Sixteenth, who supposedly died in prison in 1792. At one point earlier in the book, Huck is talking about that story,
1: and he refers to him as the dolphin. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was funny. The dolphin. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then the other one says he's a, he's the long lost son of an english duke and they're just they're just con men uh and huck knows it yeah no for sure but they are they're, they're actually like kind of saying that they're going to help or like help jim or help huck and jim by no but jim tells them that jim is his slave i think that's what it is so it's not like he's a runaway slave they're like he's my slave, but they, but people aren't gonna know or something like that, and so they do decide to go along with that lie.
1: Now, one thing, like they, they're, these guys are big bullshit artists, but Huck had already established himself as a very adept liar. Yes, he's a much better bullshit artist than these guys are. Like the scene when they're like when they're on the river and they see some other dudes and they're like. Those guys are like, "What's what's on your boat there? Is that a man? Is that a black man or a white?" He's like, "Oh, it's a white guy." And then he's like, "And and it's my sister." And they got there's nothing wrong with them. And they're like, "Oh, god damn it, kid! They have smallpox. Stay away." And then the guys give him twenty. Uh, they each give him a twenty dollar gold piece so they don't have to feel bad about letting the kid die of smallpox. <laughs> like he's really good at at lying and coming up with shit. Like those are the. Except for when he dresses as a girl. He's really terrible because at that. Because you, uh, you can't pretend to have womanly knowledge, like knowing how to sew. And catching things with your knees, which is one of the things yeah. the lady says, gave him up. <laughs> but then he meets these guys, who they... This, this also reminded, strangely, of American Gods. The two-man cons that were happening in American Gods, like their schemes are really quite funny, like they make the shittiest play ever. Where they like con (laughs) everybody by painting himself in like weird colors and
2: just running around on stage naked and just making (laughs) sure that everyone's too embarrassed to say that they got ripped off so they keep doing it over and over again because new crowds will come in.
1: Well, they say like they know, yeah, they know that the people will not want to be the butt of the joke so then they say, well, there's going to be three shows so the con men know, okay, the third show when it's over, they're going to like beat the shit out of us <laughs> or something, but we'll get the we'll get the money for the first we'll get the money for the shows, and so when they were about to start the third one, they all just run away, <laughs> they sneak out like, all right, show's about to start and they were, and you could smell like the rotten eggs in people's pockets that they're getting ready to throw <laughs> and I thought that part was funny it just I just didn't understand why it was like a full quarter of the book seemed to be that it, like, it, it dragged was a, a little long
2: part, and then they end up with them where they uh pretending to be the long-lost English cousins of a guy oh, yeah. who just died that day, and they're there to get his inheritance, and they have everyone fooled except, like, the doctor in town is like, what the fuck are you people talking about? These guys are clearly not English at all. And they're like, I believe him; <laughs> They look trustworthy.
1: Take all who our money. That's
2: funny. And Huck begins to feel bad, like, these guys are kind of dirtbags, and, uh, you know, I lie all the time, but... I don't take from people that don't deserve it.
1: Well, they try to get the inheritance out of the... Out of like, the family. The daughters yeah. or something like that. So through a series of misadventures... I had a beer. I a beer. This is also from Finback, And it's uh, it's called Pass Through. Because that's what Huck and, Huck and Jim ultimately do. They just pass through a whole bunch of shit. This is a double dry hopped IPA that's 7.5%. That is dry hopped with mosaic, amarillo, uh, Blanc Columbus and Simcoe. That's quite delicious. I've had three Finback beers. They're kind of range, you know, quite a range. The double, the the session. This is a a high single IPA. It's really, I mean, I, I've often expressed a, a doubt as how many fucking IPAs can you make? But I guess uh, you know they they you can make a lot. They keep doing it, and they're a They're really good. So Finbeck, please, uh, please fucking let us come back there. Drink that sweet juice. So then they end up. Uh, Jim gets, Jim the, gets the, caught. The, 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 the grifter, the grifter guy, sell him. They sell him. They like where they sell the knowledge they, of him. They
2: had, they had forged a uh, like a wanted poster before, saying this guy was worth two hundred dollars if you caught him. And so they could say if someone ever found them, like, oh, we're taking him for the reward, and no one would like challenge it. But then they actually use that to give him to some other people who were going to turn him in for the <laughs> reward. And then Huck has to go in and save him. And it, you know, he arrives there and they're like, oh, hey, it's you. And I was like, yep, it's me. And it's like, what? You, we're welcome. We're, you know, happy you're Our here. C- nephew Tom. And he realizes that this is Tom Sawyer's family. And Tom is on his way. And now he has like,
0: to pretend like to distant be Tom relatives. Sawyer. Yeah. So like, like distant uh, relatives. Because they don't, they don't, they don't really know, know what, what he looks like.
1: But they're like, this guy's a modern day warrior. He's got a mean, mean stride. Bottom, Tom Sawyer. Got a mean, mean pride. <laughs> But his mind is not for rent. <laughs> I can't remember any more of the words. They're, <laughs> they're all about Ayn Rand, usually. Or, 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 like or Lord Hobbits. of the Rings. We are referring, of course, to Rush. If you like Rush, it's cool if you don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Just go back to fucking drinking Labatt in Canada with the other Rush fans. <laughs> and then, of course, the real Tom Sawyer is on his way. And Huck is like, "Let's. I'll intercept him and I'll... He'll pretend he's my brother, Sid Sawyer. Sid Vicious Sawyer. Yes. And they fall for that bullshit. Well, yeah. And then Tom Sawyer, just like in the beginning of the book, he has a ridiculous plan to free Huck is
2: like, I'm just going to take your uncle's keys when he's asleep and unlock the door. And Tom's like, no, you can't do that. you got to do it a different way if you want to really rescue someone. We've got to fill his shack with spiders and snakes and we also have to have him like scrawl messages on his plates as like love letters someone's like but Jim can't write he's like well just have him write anything
0: no (laughs) it was like we'll scratch it in the first (laughs) thing for him he just has to fill in the scratches it's like why does he
1: why do we need to do this why can't we just let him out I was like well this is the way it's done and Hawk is a, a smart as much as he is one of the smarter characters in the book in many ways he is a total follower douchebag I was like, okay. He would suck Tom's dick if he asked him. That's how you rescue people. You just gotta suck him out of the, suck him out of my dick. All right, I guess so. <laughs> the boy knows how to read. <laughs> These adventure novels sure are crazy. <laughs> now he's telling me he's got to put his dick in my secret cave. I don't understand. Because they had a cave in the beginning, but I think they didn't say that cave wasn't Not a butthole. Someone's <laughs> butthole. And they didn't say it. Tom Sawyer might have been tricking the boys into sodomy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Be a very different book.
1: Maybe Sawyer is just like a real hillbilly pronunciation of sodomy. You know, like, there's a lot of spellings of words. I'm like, I don't know what word you're trying to write right now. That could be it. There's a non-zero chance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty close to zero.
1: I'm going to tickle your berries, Hook.
2: So... They end up being just like, all right, <laughs> they do this, you know, weeks of just fucking with Jim's shack and treating him like shit so that he can, it, like, they can <laughs> rescue him properly. Like, this is the Count like, of cristo or Rube some shit.
0: In Rube Goldberg plan
1: yeah. of, just <laughs> yeah. instead of just weird
0: stuff, instead of just lock the, unlock the door and let him out.
1: It's, it's like an inverse mousetrap. They <laughs> have to just build an elaborate trap to free him. They end up doing it
2: so well that a gang of uh, very fine people uh, show up to uh, protect Jim from being rescued by a group of angry slave freers. And so they realize this is a bad idea now, and they decide to get Jim out before they get there. And they all run, and in the ensuing madness, uh, Tom gets shot in the leg, but he thinks
1: it's awesome. Because he's an idiot, I will almost certainly die of this wound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like 1836,
1: and the only medicine is amputation and leeches. So, in the end, instead of just
2: leaving him there like he should have, because he's a fucking waste of life, uh, <laughs> Jim <laughs> brings Tom back so they can the doctor can save him by probably just cutting off his leg and hoping he doesn't die anyway. It's
1: pouring. Having the child drink whiskey
2: (laughs) and then pouring whiskey on the leg (laughs) and then cutting it off. That's it. Yeah. And then they're like, "All right, we're gonna take Jim away now." And Tom's like, "No, actually, he's been free. Miss Watson, freedom in her will. She's been free this whole time."
1: And was like, "God damn it, Tom, you stupid bitch!" The end. Why didn't you tell us that? He's like, "I just wanted to have a good time. Clearly, like that's like he just wanted to have a
0: fun adventure." Tom is the villain of this book. He's that kind of the villain. <laughs> and then after that, Jim tells Hook, oh yeah, that dead guy we saw in that floating oh, house yeah. like months ago, yeah, that was your father. So you don't have to worry about that either.
2: And then everything Ta-da. is wrapped up in like four <laughs> paragraphs. Yeah, it's really abrupt. Well, there. that's something we can certainly talk about. Well, that's the end of the book. So Thank that is God. it. And it was a chore to read. It was... Uh, Many people, many people like the book, think it's incredible, but fucking hate the last third of it.
0: Well, apparently, yeah, I was reading Even people who that. think, because I'm looking at Wikipedia, which is probably what it's you're fun, referring fun. to as well, thing. and it's like, fucking people. even people who assume. think this is like the most amazing, you know, American novel go, oh, yeah, except for that last part. That last part is stupid.
2: I found this quote from Ernest Hemingway. He said, all modern American literature comes from one book by Mark Twain called Huckleberry Finn. American writing comes from that. There was nothing before. There has been nothing as good since. And then, he says, the final chapters devolves into little more than a minstrel show satire and broad comedy. If you must read it, you must stop where the friend Jim is stolen from the boys. <laughs> that is the real end. The rest is just cheating.
1: It it does seem... Shitty. Well, he (laughs) wrote it it in like, like he wrote it over the course of like seven
2: years and he wrote a whole shitload of it and he like got stuck and just said, I'll finish this later. And he came back years later and just turned out this fucking end. Let me just go
1: say some witty shit sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) That'll keep me
2: employed. That was his thing. He also
1: wrote wrote two other books. I forget which one, but this was a question when we did pub trivia once, Nate. Uh, It was like, what are the other books Mark Twain wrote (laughs) besides Tom Starr and Huckleberry Finn? And I think our team actually got some points here. It's like the Gilded Age or the Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee and Yankees, King Arthur's yeah. Court. Um, Pudding Head Wilson. Maybe it we was knew that. We, yeah. were able to pull, we were able to pull out some deep Mark Twain fucking cuts in an, in our unending effort to get free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> this was before we even thought of the podcast. Yeah, right? Man. Now- we're like the Duke and the fucking King. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'd say... Three years later, it's been a smashing success.
1: <laughs> Listen, you got you to gotta spend money to make money. And <laughs> we got
2: the
0: first part down. <laughs> first part,
1: done. Well, we have we, we nailed it. Uh, Just
0: waiting for the rest to come in.
1: <laughs> well, right now, as we're still recording under quarantine, no tap rooms are going to host us. But if we actually hustled more, we could probably get into more and get some more free beer. We could do it. Once, once the world returns to a place where you're able to do that so so this book is uh frequently
2: banned for various reasons since it was written one main reason one main reason now but it was banned it was written in 1885 or it published in 1885 it was published in 1884 in
1: England actually
0: okay in December 1884 in England so well River round man. off
1: man <laughs> and so it's, it's it's weird. Like, Why was it um, published
0: there before the estates? that is a, a weird question that I don't know the answer to. I don't
1: know. If, it, there might not be anything to it. it. might. There might not be anything other than like they had the press ready. Well, actually, but uh, it, is, it does seem Mark strange.
2: Mark Twain had his own printing press, and I found this thing. This thing was pretty funny.
1: I feel like you're. No, no, no. no. It. I found
2: I looked up about this book because you know, there's a shitload of the, the history of the book and all that happens is more interesting than the book itself, um, but. Here I wrote this down: Twin, Twain, he had his own printing press, and he hired an illustrator to illustrate because they do the book with a bunch of pictures, and mm, oh, with, yeah, pictures. Yeah, with pictures. And they had a bunch of pictures throughout it, and some didn't make the cut, and some you know were all that. And they don't know who did this, but one of the pictures, uh, an illustration oh, of Uncle Silas and Aunt Sally someone added a penis. <laughs> to the picture of Uncle Silas the in the first up. printing. Okay. And they had to they, had to they had to recall the first printing and bring it back. Otherwise no one would ever buy the book because he had a fucking dick. I looked at the picture, I it's am- pretty hard to tell, but it's like that guy's got a dick. <laughs> and so they had to uh they never found out who did it. They thought maybe it could be the illustrator because he didn't like that they cut some other some of his drawings or just someone having a having a laugh. But
1: Oh, it just has like a little bulge in his pants. Yeah, there. he's got like a
2: little thing. It's either it's either a little dick or a bulge in his pants, but someone fucking drew a dick in this book and they had to recall it. And so that it caused a huge delay in in the publication.
1: I just really googled uncle Silas penis by the but way. But it showed up, didn't it? A, it popped yeah. right up. It it's it hope, hopefully it's more of a grower than a shower. That's the most random thing. You know how famously prude America the- is. <laughs> They like were totally down with the slavery and the racism, but like he can't have an old that's, man's penis I'm not, out.
0: I'm now looking at the picture, it's like
1: Yeah, it's it's not really? it's,
0: that's just like the weird folds of his pants. It's uh, yeah. not
2: he folded around his Folding dick. around his healthy <laughs> dick. Honestly. Uncle Silo well. is more like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he ain't storing corn in that thing.
2: So I mean the book wasn't banned the book wasn't banned for that, but it was banned uh it was banned the month after it was published by a library in Concord, Massachusetts, because of the book had many characters with low grades of morality because they talked wrong and they were friends with black people.
1: Was it because they were friends with black people? It was part was of it, it, yeah. I mean, isn't isn't Massachusetts like a
0: little well, more it, it enlightened Louisa in a May Alcott of the... yeah. it crude, or something like that. In, who lived in Concord, Massachusetts.
2: She said, if Twain could and not think of something better to tell our pure-minded lads and lasses, he had best stop writing for them.
1: But he also, Twain is like, I didn't write this book He for did, years. yeah.
2: <laughs> he said, I don't know how, he, he said a whole thing about like, I don't know how children are getting this book. I mean, children shouldn't be exposed to things and it could tarnish them forever. Like when I was a kid, I was exposed to a Bible and it has
0: just sullied me for the rest of my life. Well, don't forget that at the time, I mean, most literature was about, you know, the rich, the lords and the ladies being all noble and pure and that kind of thing. And Shakespeare, and that's what was thought of as literature. I'm making with Even my though big, Shakespeare big, big has hand some... gestures, you know, uh, yeah. that's what was thought of as like high art. And so this is by compared to that extremely crude and uses the n-word a lot. Not that that was Back then, a bad that thing. was totally fine. That probably that was normal. The yeah. Least yeah. Upsetting they didn't like they, like, didn't like they didn't like that
2: they talked stupid.
0: As I'd like to say at that at during this time, not only was it not thought of as racist to use that word, but being racist wasn't a bad thing. That's how racist people were. It was like they were proud of it. And so really most people would find no, that wasn't the objection. Wasn't the n-word at all. It was just the fact that it's Crude, crude. It's about crude, poor people.
1: Everyone's a dirtbag in the book too.
0: Yeah, and, and I want to say that's more of the problem. It's it's not it's not Shakespeare.
1: Even though Shakespeare has thieves and dirtbags and body stuff, yeah, but, but they probably are reading the out. He gets versions a pass because out. he's Shakespeare,
0: and it's still written in high art verse. You know, Who was it that wrote, wasn't stuff it, like isn't, that? Isn't like
1: boulderized?
0: Doesn't that come from
1: like the? Um, that word like to like edit something and like strip it of its offensive it's materials. Like but I think it's from a guy's name. And I think it's from a guy who fucking like did it to Shakespeare. I'm looking that up. The Boldlers was their name. Um, Yeah. The Bold, the family Shakespeare is published in the 18 teens um, in London, but I'm sure it got to the States too. And they basically removed all of the immoral parts of Shakespeare. And that's where the word boldlerize comes from. So people might have actually been just reading the expurgate, expurgated. I don't even know, I've, never, I've never heard that word said. I've never heard that it, word. Like to expurge? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the poor, you like remove the bad stuff. I don't know. That's uh, fucking uh,
2: awful sounding.
1: This, it's, like, it's like the TNT version of Die Hard. You know? Like, Let's you go just, kick some head. Take an, <laughs> Kaye, brother lover. Uh, the one I heard was Kaye,
2: Mister Falcon, because he was in a plane.
1: <laughs> sure, it's <laughs> like an anime all of a sudden, Mister Falcon. Yeah, it, was, it was hot <laughs> garbage. Yeah, it was terrible. But uh, yeah,
2: so this book was banned for that back then. But these days, it's uh, it's not it's not as often banned. It still is sometimes.
1: It's challenged. It's, it's very all challenged the time.
2: because of the abundant use of the N-word. It was 219 times in this book.
0: You uh, mean a million and one times? A million and one. You, you, I round it up. It's basically once a page on average. Oh, <laughs> If not more. <laughs> it, the, book, the book felt
1: long. It took me like a long time to read Yeah. yeah it, really did.
0: Did. it was a chore. I didn't like it. but I really wanted to like it, and for the first half, I was like, okay, this can be good. It's like kind of silly and stuff like that. But then... The second half got like, oh, okay, this is stupid. So, okay, I think Huck doesn't become the main driver of the action anymore once they're once once they, once they like just kind of floating down the river for a while. Once they get to Kentucky and Arkansas and they meet the Duke and the King, it's kind of like what the Duke and the King are doing, who are stupid characters, are just kind of like they're making things happen. And Huck is like, well, this is weird. Huh, these guys are total con men, but... Huck is just kind of along for the ride, and it's not like he's actively doing the thing as the main character.
2: He just kind of becomes a way for, you know, Mark Twain to criticize Southern people and their way of life, and, like, all these dumb things these people are doing, and Huck is just there kind of talking shit in his mind about it and just trying to figure out what's what's wrong with these people.
1: Yeah, I feel like Huck is just a vehicle for... He's like Mark Twain. I think he's saying... Mark Twain's thoughts in the plot or helping to, I uh, helping to, uh, to,
0: but it's a less interesting story when that's going on. Totally. And
2: what, one of the things right. I read, I forget which, what, forget the exact wording, but it was like Huck is just a kid, so he has not yet learned as many of the, you know, just things you're supposed to feel and think. So when he sees these things happening that are normal to these people, he thinks, This is insane. Why are we doing this? What, what, why? What's going on? And we're supposed to be like, oh, you know, What's the what the fuck is that stupid phrase, you know, from the mouth of babes or whatever. But they mean babies, which is weird. I don't know why they call them babes. It's kind of kind of creepy when they call them that. Wisdom uh, from the mouth of babes. Yeah. Babes.
1: <laughs> they didn't say he wasn't a babe. He could have been hot. Really hot. Those <laughs> overalls. <the house. laughs> and that straw hat. Ooh. Look at that.
2: Another thing that I read about it was that uh Mark Twain himself was someone who's grew up with slavery like as being part of everyday life and it was just like that's something people have but then he married into a very pro abolitionist family and like his father-in-law was a conductor on the underground railroad and helped Frederick Douglass escape from slavery. So like he was born into this and he changed over the course of his life much like Huck does kind of over the course of this book. So this is still uh, still widely challenged, yet still widely taught in English classes across America in high school. Even though Mark Twain said this is not a book for kids, and he's probably right
1: because, though he also said something like when it was banned, good that'll sell another (laughs) twenty five thousand copies. That's what what happens
0: when it well yeah for especially for books. As soon as a book is banned, like especially the famous like Catholic Church's banned book list. As soon as anything where women do things, how to not rape boys, (laughs) as soon as a book gets banned, it becomes a bestseller. So it like clearly has the opposite effect. I mean, what is Salman Rushdie most famous for?
1: Almost being on that one episode of Seinfeld, his brother Trout Rushdie. Do you ever see the sign for where Kramer is convinced that he knows Salman Rushdie? He's like, the guy wrote his name, Sal Bass. Salman Bass? And they're like, dude, you're what the <laughs> fuck are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, it's for the the satanic verses yeah. because it's the fatwa against him. Totally reasonable people wanted to murder him for writing a book where like the prophet Muhammad eats a sandwich or something. I don't know. I've never read it. I don't know, I don't know anything about it. But yes, controversy is good for it. But,
2: I mean, it's... Like, we learned it in high school. I mean, Mike didn't, but...
1: I clearly... <laughs> pretended that to. Year, that was junior year of high school. I, think so. I was, I had finally gotten a girlfriend, and someone was touching my penis. Yeah, so I was sure. not doing really anything. <laughs> no schoolwork. Besides work. that. And playing guitar. It is, is
2: still, you know, the question Everything everyone asks is, is the book racist? And that's the age-old thing. And there's been it will never be decided either way i mean there's certainly
1: until this until podcast. right now
2: we're going to decide it
1: <laughs> tear a little no, i did see
2: the... that they um they made new versions of the book where they just replaced the n word yeah, with robot there's fin? one robot where they replaced flavor? it with the word robot and make him a robot in the pictures there's <laughs> another one where they just replaced that the was word a joke, with right? the word no it's a
1: real thing that's a real you could buy i think they, that's all they did though like, they didn't change the rest yeah, of the plot they just so it's probably made pretty dumb robot. Also, that's dangerous
2: for robots to be that close to water, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. In the pictures, he looks like the Tin Man. yeah. Well, it's an old-timey robot. A steampunk slave. uh, And then the uh, other one where they just changed it to the word slave the whole time, which, you know, doesn't really change the story or the meaning of it,
1: but it's still just like, okay, well, I don't know. It does, though, because it doesn't matter in the book if they're freed or not. There's still the N-word. That was a big Whereas part of slave it. Slave is very specific like, thing. You know, Huck. Even though he respects Jim,
2: by the end of it, he still says like, "Wow, he's he's just like a he's white on the inside," which means like he's a real person. It was like, "Ooh,
0: fuck, Ooh, Jesus." Okay, I'm looking into the robot thing. It it was it okay. So there's this website which is it's comedians. It's comedians. Yeah, a comedian tweeted after that after somebody, I think, you know, saying about that, we're just going to take out the N-word and replace it with the word slave. Somebody tweeted, we're going to take out the N-word and replace it with the word robot. It was just a tweet. That was just it, period. And then people loved it. And then they made a Kickstarter as a joke. And then people started giving them tons of money as a joke. And so they ended up actually do it. they ended up actually printing it basically it it it, went, it was the robot thing entirely a joke they have these old timey pictures of it's literally a robot on a raft <laughs> it's got like a rake on it does the back. robot anyway, have a penis it does not not in this picture it's at least. really
2: big my favorite one uh, it almost had these, to be reprinted they they made a bunch of different versions of this you know over the years of movies and tv shows and you know shit like that in 1955 CBS made a televised version of this without Jim, without right. Jim at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Kind of How? Like, what is it's the point of the that? The zany adventures of Hawk Just talking to himself, going down a river. <laughs> <laughs> he finds a dead body in the house. He's like, don't look at it, Huck.
0: Okay, I will look at it.
2: Don't look, Hulk. Like
1: Fucking Shining Kid
0: or something. The robot's way I, better at that point. <laughs> yes.
1: It, I heard... <laughs> I heard a comedian making fun of the book where they changed it to slave. He's like, I'd like to imagine the scenario where the young kid reads that version and then at home their, you know, old grandpa says something really not really not cool. And he's like, No, grandpa, we don't call them that anymore. We call them slaves. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's like, oh shit. That could be an unintended consequence of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think Should it be taught in high school? No, dude no, Kids aren't it, good at this This book was hard to read as an adult And we read a lot I struggled with it uh, It did it help for me to have it read along Which made it immensely better So I didn't finish reading it But I had to finish for the podcast So I listened on like double speed to the audiobook Read by Elijah Wood That guy's racist, man He said it Without even played well, He played, uh, he played Huck in the movie in the 90s. But I just assume, like, I want to see what I want to, I wish I was in the recording booth when they're like, all right, Elijah Wood, ready, set, go. And he's like, oh boy, I don't know <laughs> if I want to say it. You signed the contract. <laughs> just do it. And then, uh, 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 can you just get another person to say that one part of the book? <laughs> the voice <laughs> changes dramatically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We like cut it from like an episode of The Wire, <laughs> like, like a totally
2: different. Or out of a read, rap video. read by uh, read by Elijah Wood and Stringer Bell <laughs> and Snoop Dogg.
1: <laughs> he d- he didn't flinch, man. It's like that, he's cool with that word. He's very comfortable with. You see the hate in his eyes every time he said it in that recording booth. Let me do another take, <laughs> and I think we I think we got it. I think it's good. No, one more. <laughs>
0: this time with feeling. <laughs>
1: I was like wondering, is he gonna say it? And then he also, he kind of did the voice for Jim. And I was like, uh, oh no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the man. foghorn, leghorn. like like don't know, there, Mister Mister Finn, like oh fuck, man, like, yeesh, that's a lot of that. Uh, that's a lot of that, Elijah. <laughs> what happened to you? You you were Frodo, a uh, Bilbo, oh, Frodo. The name? Frodo yeah. was right. I don't think this is a good book for. Kids streaks because it's difficult. And the satire part requires so much explanation. So much, much knowledge, funny anymore.
2: Which uh, most kids are not going to have. either here because you don't learn it, or there because they learned that they were right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you you really do need to know a lot about like the Great Awakening and shit to know like about the the comments he makes about preachers and I fucking don't remember ever learning about that shit. In I don't school. know what that is now. Certainly not. Like it's just it's just a, technically it's it's interesting. The
0: second Great Awakening. Sorry, uh, just the Greater oh, Awakening. Is that right.
2: <laughs> this time the it's the Great personal. Awakening too, even greater. Oh. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Do you guys know that boogaloo is a? Code word online? No, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Code code word online for the second American Civil War by far right people because of break into electric boogaloo. So people online talk about the boogaloo. They're talking about the no. They don't. I swear to God, look it up. (laughs) This is a real thing. What
1: eight chan things are you reading? As as we said (laughs) before,
0: I forget which law the pose law where like extremists. And mockery of extremists are really hard to tell apart because it sounds they both sound so stupid. Also, the <laughs> likelihood that those
2: guys all saw Break In Two is crazy. I don't know because no one's seen Break Two, definitely not far right revolutionaries.
1: But they're like the people we were t- describing, like pretty racist dudes. Like, Break Two was not an all white cast. <laughs> what are they, why were they watching I don't that? know. And I was like, you need to understand the <laughs> enemy. Let's watch this movie from 1993. Look <laughs> at how they three. dance. <laughs> That's how they're stealing our women. But <laughs> Boogaloo is
2: a real online code word. It's fucking stupid, Gosh. but it's a real thing. <laughs> I've never seen either uh, No one I has. Haven't, I, don't
0: even, I haven't even heard of this. They're terrible 80s break-in? break-dancing oh. movies. Oh, a they're a like, you know like, you know,
2: we have like Step Up now, like all 47 Step Up movies? They had breakin and break into electric boogaloo.
1: I guess break dancing was a big thing in, like, 1982 when white people found out about yeah. it. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit. This is so
0: cool. I feel so ethnic now. <laughs> it's oh, it's
1: impressive stuff. All right. So m- who should read it today? If not students, who should read it? I think it's, you know, if you are a consider yourself a, a
2: reader and, you know, certainly someone who's into, like, American history, also,
0: it's worth reading. It is it is helpful to have a guide. It is an important book of American literature. It's absolutely important. Very important. But I do definitely agree that this is really hard for kids, for, for high school students to really be able to understand. I think a lot of the controversy well, is over
2: that people, uh, coming from a white dude, you know, this is probably not going to go over to well, But, like, is it racist? I don't think it is because you know he's trying to write authentically from people who did these things and said these things and it was the way people spoke and it's fucked up but for decades longer uh, i think it means centuries there's still parts of america in every state that is still like this
1: totally but like there, there was no i mean the polite term in nineteen in eighteen eighty five was I guess Negro? Like I don't even know. Like, I don't know. There was or colored. Like that was the best you could hope and for And that was
2: like if you were ultra progressive.
1: So I'm sure there were plenty of abolitionists who used, who dropped the N bomb. And they were like, That's what well, that's what it is do you say?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still a very complex topic and it will never not be one. But for high school kids there's no fucking way ever that this would go over and even if it did, if they got past that They still wouldn't get most of what it is really about.
1: Well, what is it really about? That's a better question, right?
2: It's a satire of you know the American South, which most people in their teens aren't going to give a shit about. Oh, so it's like Florida? No, Florida is not even part of the South. Florida is its own fucking planet.
0: (laughs) Florida isn't satire because it's not doing that to make fun of. Florida just is. That's just the way it is. (laughs)
1: F- Florida is a joke that only the citizens of not Florida, read Florida, are re- on. Florida <laughs> read this book and
2: they say yes,
0: and they're like, "Huck, why didn't Where you?" Where's all the mess? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and gators. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: the, the the racial topic in this book. Part of it, as you as you, I think you're saying it, it's a hundred and almost fifty years old. It's all and book. takes
0: place in a time that's more that's almost two hundred years perhaps yeah. two hundred years old so it's you
1: know our in the last half century uh and then some race in America views have changed quite a bit, and uh certainly positively, I think it just requires so much like careful handling. To teach it to kids, they'd be like, you oh, know, listen, this is what they're saying, but it's kind of how they said it. But you also don't want to come off as like an apologist and be like, listen, man, that's what they were. You know, Cause it, I remember when, I, when we did it,
2: we, I kind of got that vibe from when we learned. It was like, oh, you know, this is the way people talked, but that's not really what it was. I, mean, I don't remember very well exactly what we learned about it, but I don't remember learning
1: that it was satire, really. Part of the thing is like trying to explain. If you try to explain satire to not interested sixteen year olds, yeah, it's it's not gonna work. Satire (laughs) about a thing that they have no relationship
2: with, like no kids are like, wow, I really like, you know, Antebellum South stuff like that. And but if you like satire, what Justin Bieber said on TikTok. As the kids say nowadays, you could, like something like they, something they could get, but like if you're satirizing something, satirizing something that they don't know anything about in the first place, you don't get the satire.
1: Yeah, by the time you explain everything, there is the joke is it's it's been it's like a, the biopsy method. Like you you understand yeah, it, but it's, it's like totally we've to spend bad. a year learning you know
2: just that part of American history, and then you can read this book and get it
0: you can't just but dive it's in it's definitely and say, not funny anymore at that point no <laughs> yeah
1: so it's not good for maybe for a college class you know where you, if you're like a lit major it might be
0: yeah better a better environment to study it i mean if if you're a lit major i think you have to read this book
1: i well i would imagine that's yeah, true yeah definitely
0: along with a million but I, others
1: but you know but but i would feel like as a as a lit person you you might spend a semester on this book like to really Get all the shit that's happening. Otherwise, what's the point? Like, just like so you could say you read it. I mean, that's for kind of some weird. people, that <laughs> is all that they want. It's like, yeah,
2: I read it and I got it. it was a satire. But you know, beyond that, do they get anything from it? Do they are they more understanding or changed? Uh, probably not. But
1: you know, it's maybe just bragging rights. Well, I don't know about you guys. I don't, but. I didn't
0: need to get the idea that slavery was bad. Some people so I don't know do. what I got out of this book. In 1885, there were still some very uh there are oh, still totally, some yeah. people who think, you know, uh that you know that the it was wrong that the north won the civil war, taken away all those states rights. And some These people rocks. in the north agree. Yeah. Yeah, we should have just let them go. <laughs> really Away with them,
1: and they're they're now they're trying to take down our Confederate monuments that were put up sixty years after the war for some reason. That's what it's about. <laughs> but I, I don't. Well, uh, going back to the topic of like who should read it today, I, I I imagine a person who who needs to be told that slavery is bad or something. I think if
2: you don't think slavery you're is bad, book yeah, up.
1: then that's not gonna, you're not going to get it. You probably aren't going to get satire either because you're a dumb fuck. Or maybe you just you know. Really believe in states' <laughs> right, can't, can't, can't. yeah. <laughs> but what if you sell yourself into slavery? I you know, could do that. It happened, you know. Yeah. So who should who, who should read it today then? Because aside from like, I want to be smart people. Like, I want to be learned and understand. But you don't even need to read the book because the plot is kind of dumb.
2: You could read the first two like thirds. The most and fame, just stop, like Ernest Hemingway said.
1: The most, he's like, I have to go fuck a whore. But the most famous of <laughs> eat, eat a plate of eggs. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> Naked, shooting a di- an elk. <laughs> but the, um, the most important parts of the book are, it's like, this book is kind of racist, but it's not racist. Who knows? Like, that's what people remember about the book. And then they say, it's really great. But I've never had anyone explain to me why it's really great.
2: I don't know. I mean, I liked it. I think if I hadn't read along with it, I would not have liked it as much. So
1: were you listening? What do you mean you read along? Were you like listening to No, read no I, like I, I read it.
2: I read a few chapters, and I would go read. like uh, I read the fucking Cliff Notes analysis, which, you know, bullshit, bullshit oh, okay. children's analysis. But it's still, I mean, like, oh, this is what this was talking about. This is what this was talking about. I was like, oh, okay, I fucking get it. Because I know I have a pretty good grasp of Civil War stuff, but I don't know every bit and piece of everything. And, you know, I got, like, the culture. Certainly I, I understood what it was about. But it, it did help fill in some stuff and get with, like, oh, he's satirizing this aspect of stuff. So it, it helps. And if I had just read it, you know, if I had gone in dry, uh, I would have gotten that it was a satire. But there were, there were subtler things I, did I wouldn't have picked up on. What do you think, Nate? Did you listen to the Elijah Wood version?
1: I did not. Damn it. I did not listen to the Elijah Wood version. <laughs> Only my view of Elijah would have been tarnished. <laughs> <That> fucking racist <laughs> hobbit. So yes, I'll take the ring to mortar, both the no N-words. Did, bo- did you guys see any black hobbits? I didn't. <laughs> it's very likely maybe that the hobbits maybe? are very racist. Maybe in the Lord of the Rings, like the, the orcs are like the, the black there hobbits. There are actually people who believe that. The O-word, <laughs> that's... You can't say that, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> that's their <laughs> word. <laughs>
2: the, the, people actually, you know, there are racists out there who are like, "Oh, clearly, you know, the elves are the high, they the Scandinavians, and you know, the other people are the white, and the the Uruk High and the orcs are clearly like these barbaric, you know, black races from Africa and the South." And J.R. Tolkien
0: was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? No, people, Jesus, that's so stupid." Uh, the book starts with a little note that says, "This is not an allegory." It's just a story.
1: But I'm sometimes into B.O.C. porn. (laughs) All right. Back to you, Nate. Sorry.
0: I I was going to say I really wanted to like it, and I was liking it for the first half, but then the story just kind of got stupider and stupider, and it was like, I mean, I haven't, I mean, maybe I did see the Elijah Wood movie back in the 90s. I mean, I guess that's the kind of thing I would have seen, but... I would guess what happens... Well, you were retired. I I was already retired. I had all that time (laughs) on my hands. Uh, (laughs) uh, I would guess what happens is they they changed the second half of the story significantly to make it into a... Just because you don't need all that bullshit. That that was my one really annoying thing about it. Yeah. The ending was really
1: stupid. It just fell apart. I mean, there wasn't much holding it together, honestly. It was just, here's a bunch of escapades it felt it felt more like a series of
2: episodes than a coherent overall narrative for a lot of it
1: I didn't know the history part of it that you mentioned earlier that Twain kind of wrote this over many years he took it, did, yeah, it yeah he he wrote like the, the, the
2: first two thirds or like most of the you know half plus a little and then took a break for years and then came back to it and just shot out an ending.
1: The only different shat it out yeah,
2: yeah, and it, you know it kind of undermines the entire beginning of the book, where Huck and Jim are together and doing stuff and learning and, you know, Huck is learning to, you know, not be a piece of shit racist. And then Tom comes back and just says, this book's about me now, and I'm a fucking
1: moron. Do you have any interest in reading Tom Sawyer now? Fuck no.
0: Not really, but maybe one of his, maybe a different Mark Twain book.
1: Those are the ones that no one
0: can name. Well, Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court.
1: There's actually a third book. Another stupid Tom Sawyer adventure book that no one gives a fuck about. I've already figured it's, it's like.
2: Tom Sawyer 3, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo.
1: <laughs> <Pook-a-lee. laughs> <laughs> um, besides this, I mean, Mark Twain's super famous as a name, and for his, f- you know, clever things that, no, that he probably didn't say half of them. But other than this book, and maybe Tom Sawyer, like, nobody really reads any of that shit
0: not too much. It is unfortunately another classic that we've read that when you actually read it it's just not that good. How many classics have been good? That's a that's a tough list to make.
2: I mean, I'm, I'll have to I'm i trying the to think of one classic a little more strenuously.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, 19, at least 19th century or earlier just to make it very very narrow, but yeah, I'm trying to think of one and I am having trouble
2: we haven 't done it on this, but I read Don Quixote, and that is that lives up to it
1: okay that is often considered the greatest novel ever and it was like the first i wouldn 't call it that
2: but it does have a hilarious crippling diarrhea scene, which is <laughs> impressive when, for a when, book of when, that well, Sancho was that like about. shitting
1: next to the horse or something
2: no they're, bo- they're they're both get food poisoning, they start shitting all over the room they 're sleeping in in the end, just like spraying shit. It's just like this book was written in like the fourteen hundreds, and this stuff was still funny. Well, that was like an <laughs> everyday
1: occurrence. So, yeah, some things are universal to the human experience, and yeah, shit jokes and fart jokes, butt explosions. I mean, there are fart jokes in like ancient Mesopotamia, so like clearly they're still funny. Anyone says they're not is a fucking liar and a prude. So I guess what we're saying is, don't read this book unless you really feel like you need to. Because if you just know that it's about not being racist, (laughs) then you kind of got the gist of it.
2: Yeah. You're not going to learn anything new from it.
1: And if you needed to learn that, then...
2: You're probably not going to read (laughs) this (laughs) book.
0: Well, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc.
2: Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club.
1: And if you've listened this long, don't wait till someone sells you down the river. Leave us a review. And uh, why not round it up to five stars? One for each uh, ten chapters too long this book was. It's in the 40s, but it's still. No? Sure, so yeah. <laughs> Whatever.
2: Yeah. And you can also uh, go to Patreon and give us money so that we don't have to sell things we don't want to sell <laughs> for money for beer.
0: That's all I'm going to say <laughs> And also, that. check out the Hopped Up Network, a mm. network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. <laughs>